over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. In the 10 o'clock hour, our open home hour, open to you, the Arizona homeowner, whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. Call in, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. Text questions can be sent to 411-923 during the broadcast, or you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com if you need to attach a picture or image or a little video for uh, to describe the product or maybe uh, the project or you need a little product identification. You can send it there. As a matter of fact, Later this hour, those of you that are listening to us at home on your transistor radio, <laughs> we're going to want you to get in front of a computer because we took a couple questions last week that we asked the homeowners, send us some pictures, and we're going to ask you to go to the Facebook for Rosie on the House, and I'm going to tell you what I see in those pictures, and we're going to have like a little show-and-tell session and it's going to be about window leaks and about bathroom fans. So that's coming up. One of the reasons we try and encourage y'all to take care of your homes here in Arizona is so you can get out and enjoy the great state of Arizona. And for those of you with kids, nieces, nephews, grandkids, and y'all are looking for a great way to get outside and be introduced to the environment of Arizona, I would encourage you to go to this website, wildologyaz.com. The Arizona Elk Society is going to have a Mesquite Wildlife Oasis Education Day. It is a in a beautiful desert habitat, and you're going to have nature walks. They're going to teach you desert survival. They're going to teach you all about aquatic life. It is an absolute fabulous family event. It's April 6th. A great way to spend a day outside, wildologyaz.com, is just one of the events you could consider. You could get up to North Phoenix, where Arizona Game and Fish is having their annual outdoor expo today and tomorrow at Ben Avery Shooting. Uh, it's well, it, it should be Ben Avery Compound by now. It, it seems yeah. like that place continues to grow, and they've got... Uh, all kinds of stuff going on. You can throw a line in the uh, fishing tank for the kids. You can talk with experts uh, about Arizona wildlife, fishing, hunting. There is uh, controlled, safe, supervised shooting uh, events that you can participate in. You can shop for antlers, hides, uh, different mounts. There's over 150 exhibitors, and that is today and tomorrow. I'm looking for, uh, here we go, 9 to 3 tomorrow. It's open till four today. It's open now. Uh, goes to four today. Goes till three tomorrow. They've got food concessions. It's an outdoor event. How, how could you ask for a more beautiful day oh, than today? They they timed that weekend great. And it's free. That's what I was looking for. It's I didn't see free. a price anywhere. I didn't yeah. see a parking price. I didn't nope. see an admission price. So that's great. Arizona Game and Fish puts that on every year. So you've got the Elk Society April sixth. You got Game and Fish. This weekend, we've got Cave Creek Rodeo this weekend. Happening right That's now. That's a lot of fun. 
And we're going to be giving away state park passes this hour as well to encourage you to get out and enjoy the great state of Arizona. Now, one of the things I've been asking people to send us, uh, because I got a couple weeks ago on, a, on my solar sofa box, and I never do that where people don't get the impression I'm against solar. I'm not against solar photovoltaic electric systems on your house. But I asked people, I said, look, if you've had a particularly good experience with a solar company or a solar installation, we'd like to hear about it. Because again, many times when homeowners are reaching out to us, it's out of desperation and aggravation that whoever it is uh, providing the service at their home it didn't deliver what they were promising. And we can't regulate the industry, but we can certify solar contractors we know you can trust. But we did get a letter from Jack in Tucson, uh, up in the Tucson Mountain area, and he says that he's engaged in one of the TEP programs, and he rates it an absolute A+. He's been tickled to death with it. Uh, and it's one of the systems where the utility company rents your roof uh, to install solar panels that feed the grid. And you're paid a stipend for that equipment being mounted on your roof every single, every single month. You receive a little bit of a payment for that. So he wrote in, but I didn't get any letters or any notifications of solar installations that homeowners were just tickled to death with. I hope we get those. Send them to info at rosieonthehouse.com. Romy, we've got the calls getting loaded up. Why don't we see if we can take a couple before I go to the show and tell segment. If you have a question about your house, home, castle, or cabin, give us a ring, one 767 Let's bring Gail into the conversation. Okay. Calling from Phoenix. Good morning, Gail. Hello. Yes, ma'am. Hi. So I'm trying to find out what is the best treatment for termites. Well, this is another area that we have a strong opinion on. Um, <laughs> we, we, we believe that the product Termidor, generally speaking, is the most reliable method for eliminating termites at your home. And a lot of our contractors, they've been using Termidor forever. And there's another product on the market called Primus. Mm -hmm. And they both came out at the same time. And they both have different, um, slightly different tactics. Yes. <laughs> and recently, and I say recently, like within the last five years, there's a new product called Fuse, which is a combination of Termidor and Primus. And I know... I'll, they're using that a lot now as well. The best thing I could tell you, Gail, is at Rosie on the House, our website, we've certified pest control companies and termite companies. And depending where you are in the valley, Action Termite or Blue Sky Pest Control would be two great companies you could call and have them take a look at where are the termites residing? How are they gaining access to your house? and which tactic or strategy needs to be employed to eliminate your house from that nuisance. Does that help? 
Yeah, that's great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks a million. And we've got a number of great pest control companies. In fact, we've got uh, Overson Pest Control out of Mesa is scheduled for the first weekend of June. I believe they'll be in here talking uh, insect and pest control because with the amount of moisture we're going to have as the summer heat starts coming out, we're going to have a pretty – we, we've got the potential for a, a pretty good insect season. All right, y'all. I would like y'all to get to Facebook if you're at home listening to us at home. And I'd like you to get to the Rosie on the House page. One thing you'll see is a couple of weeks ago, I was driving home from a remodel we're doing up in Rio Verde. And the sun was setting behind Pinnacle Peak. And I could tell I'm just three minutes away. From the perfect photograph. So I pulled off, made a couple phone calls, and waited for the perfect moment. And there is a picture, I think it's a pretty good picture, of a sunset behind Pinnacle Peak. It's a pretty dramatic picture. But what you'll also see are some pictures from homeowners that have sent in questions about two particular problems different homeowners are experiencing. One is a bathroom fan problem they've replaced the bathroom fans and they're not they as best they can tell it is not taking any air out of the bathroom at all and then another wood frame stucco house up in fountain hills uh, is incurring some window leaks and the roof has been checked they're trying to find out where are the leaks coming from in that roof so why don't we get to the facebook page RosieOnTheHouse.com, and and take a look at that house. It's actually located up in Fountain Hills, and you're going to see a picture of an outside stucco wall and two windows. And I know right away from looking at the picture, let me just tell you what I'm seeing right now. I know immediately by looking at the picture, this is a wood frame house. I know that because I look at the parapet, and it's got two horizontal relief members on it the very top and then down below and then the window has a pop-out on it and that tells you almost immediately with absolute certainty that that's a frame home and those are just plant-ons to the framing to add some character to the house the homeowner says rosie this particular bathroom window is leaking slowly, not to the point that it's actually dripping or causing water damage inside the house, but the fact that the drywall is getting wet enough for the paint to be delaminating off the sill of the window. The roofer's been out, just happens to be Rosie Certified Lions Roofing, and verified it is not the roof or the backside of the parapet. But when I look at this picture, I see a skip trout texture wall, I see that pop out, and I can tell you that what I would do is that stucco is not waterproof. I would ensure that any surface crack in that stucco on the outside of the parapet all the way down to the window, especially across the top of that pop out, has been caulked and sealed. The other thing I would tell you to do is go ahead and get a couple gallons of fresh paint and paint the wall above that window. There's a chance the paint is of an age 
it's no longer creating a raincoat to your home. And the rain's actually so slowly saturating into the stucco. It drips down to it, meets the window header, and then it does what water does. It finds the least resistance to show itself. And that's right there. And the moisture we've had up in Scottsdale and Fountain Hills area tells me your stucco is saturated. You're probably due for a paint job. And when it comes to painting exterior stucco in Arizona, we are never fans of using ceramic or elastomeric paint. Use a 100% acrylic exterior paint. And I would tell you, if you would just get a roller and paint above that window, two feet to the left of the window, two feet to the right of the window, watch the next rainstorm and see if that doesn't solve your problem right there. We're going to be talking bathroom ventilation when we get back for the next uh, show-and-tell session right after this short break. We're here to take phone calls at one 767 We're also here to conduct a show-and-tell segment if you're at home listening to us. Uh, get to your computer, log on to the Rosie on the House Facebook page, and you will see two pictures of some dilemmas we're going to handle one by one. I'm going to teach you what I'm seeing in each one and how it can help you and the particular homeowner as well. And I also have a question from a caller. Oh, okay. She couldn't hold. Okay. But I think this is a question that will come up quite a bit between now and uh, June, July. Okay. So they leave their home for the summer. All right. And she said that generally they leave the house at 85 degrees for the summer. She said they do leave water in the house, like, you know, we've talked about uh, open water. Um, but she was just wondering, you know, what's the best temperature? And I asked her if she's super cooled, and she didn't know what that was. So I didn't. I said you'd want to address that. Yeah, no reason to super cool if the house is empty all summer. Um, for a home I'm leaving uh, in the, the, the valley, uh, for the summer, uh, I know some people turn their air conditioner off, and I would not do that. Uh, I would set the thermostat at about 85 degrees and leave it. That allows the unit to come on and keep the furniture, the artwork, uh, the furniture all in, a, in an environment that's still very safe for all of those products. Um, and it allows you to dehumidify the house by allowing the air conditioner to come on every once in a while. I love the idea. She throws a couple water buckets out there because with no one living in the house, there's no humidity being generated. And the air conditioner running all summer takes the humidity out of the toilets, out of the P-traps in the sinks. Uh, and you could come back to a home that's uh, has a, the heavy, heavy odor of a of the sewer system so the buckets help the air conditioner find some amount of humidity in the air rather than draining all your p-traps okay on that same topic ventilation we had a customer call and say you know not sure what to do uh, my husband has installed two bathroom fans one's an 80 cfm one's a 100 cfm and they don't seem to be drawing any air out of the bathrooms. CFM stands for cubic feet per minute. How much air is it pulling out of the room? 
80 cubic feet per minute or 100 cubic feet per minute? Well, we, we told her. We said, well, here's what we want you to do. We want you to go in that bathroom and turn the fan on with a candle and blow the candle out and see what the smoke does. Does it go into the fan? Is it obvious there is a suction being developed? And she did. We call it the smoke test. She did it, and both fans failed. The smoke simply just drifted up to the ceiling and dissipated, and it didn't have any indication that the fan was drawing any air at all. So let me give you a couple lessons on bathroom ventilation. The average bathroom is five feet wide. That's how wide a bathtub is. And that bathtub is down that you walk in and that bathtub is down perpendicular to you at the end of the bathroom. Then you've got the toilet and then you've got a bathroom vanity. The bathroom is generally eight feet deep, five feet wide, eight foot tall. Generally, it might have a seven foot soffit, but that's room five by eight by eight is 320 cubic feet. And we want, generally speaking, an air exchange in that room about eight times an hour with that fan turned on. Let me give you a little rosy tip here. I don't think any bathroom fan ought to be on an on-off switch. I think every bathroom fan should be on a timer so that when you come home at lunch, and uh, it's 118 degrees outside, and your air conditioner's been running all day, you don't go walk down the hall and find out somebody left the exhaust fan on in the hall bathroom all morning long, sucking out all the expensive air conditioning you've been trying to put in the house. So I like putting timers on bathroom fans, and then they time out and automatically shut off. So if we're trying to get about eight air exchanges an hour in that size room, you're going to need a fan. About the smallest fan you can buy is 50 cubic feet per minute, and that'll just barely get you covered. What I'm going to talk about when we get back is what I would recommend this client do to get the ventilation working. When we turn that fan on, it's got to be sucking air from somewhere. It has to, or it can't blow it anywhere. And I think that's her problem. We'll talk about that when I get back. And in segment number three, here's when we cover our weekly to-do, something we tackle every week that has to do with maintenance around your home, castle, or cabin. I never realized until <clears throat> our eight, uh, 9 o'clock guest today, Mike Lowry from Focus Insurance, uh, that we were we were helping keep by people that are following along on their weekly to-dos are helping keeping their insurance cover, coverage valid because uh, lack of maintenance right. voids insurance policy. I had not, I had no idea. Absolutely. Can I uh, jump back to Kelly on the show and tell segment on bathroom vent fans? We're talking a little bit about how she can solve it. She's done the smoke test. I've talked about how often you want to air exchange, 80 or C or 100 CFM. She says she's still not getting the fan to suck. 
I would say do it with the bathroom door open. Now, most people like to go to the bathroom with the door closed. <laughs> Think so? But just do it with the door <laughs> open because if that fan can't find 80 CFM to suck up, it won't find 80 CFM to blow out. And if your door at the bathroom is three feet wide and it's a one-inch crack at the bottom of the door, that's one-fourth of one cubic feet. So the fan has to find another 75.75 cubic feet from somewhere. Let's see if the open door doesn't solve the problem and it starts drafting. The other thing you might do, you said your husband installed this fairly newly. I would go up there and I would have my husband, your husband, disconnect the ductwork and see if then it starts blowing and sucking air. If that's the case, then the automatic damper up on the roof or there's a clog in the ductwork somewhere. You give that air, that fan enough air to breathe in, it will breathe out. And 80 to 110 CFM is just about what you want for an average bathroom. Now, in our hall bathroom, where all six of our kids shared it at one time, we put a 250 CFM fan in there because... There were people lined up at the door. There were people lined up at the door to get, as soon as someone walked out, someone walked in. Well, then we had a little baby Carol, and we found her stuck to the ceiling at the exhaust. <laughs> 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 so, Miss Kelly, I hope that helps. Get up there. I'm. I'm. If the open door test doesn't work, and reuse that smoke test just like you've already tried, then I'm guessing we've got a blockage in the ductwork somewhere. All right. Let's take Tim first. He's been waiting. He called back twice. He's outside working. Let's do it. Let's take Let's reward take his waiting Absolutely. time, and then we'll hit the DIY. Very good. Okay. Yes, sir. Hello? Yes, sir. Yeah, hi. <clears throat> so uh, my question is uh, simple, but uh, I am in the process of of uh, trying to get rid of or relocate this little half-inch stone that's throughout and around the perimeter of my house. And I was pushing it up against the house uh, just so I didn't have to haul too much of it away and then uh, putting wood chips down. Uh, and I got to thinking that maybe I shouldn't be putting pushing it up against the house, even though I was not really putting it high enough to get into the stucco, but uh, just having that mound around the house. So, I mean, is there a, a rule of thumb to keep uh, mounds like that, whether it be it dirt or stone, uh, away from the house. How old is your house? Uh, it's about 20 years. Okay. And is it a frame house with stucco? Yeah. Okay. So about six to 10 inches above the gravel, there's a, there's a line where the stucco ends and the concrete foundation is exposed. Am I right? Right. Okay. Yeah. We like there to be a minimum of six to eight inches between the ground and that, that weep screed at the bottom of the stucco. So don't pile it up any higher than that. Make sure you've got six to eight inches uh, exposed. Um, now, what are, we, what are we spreading the wood chips down for? Well, uh, I've got a lot of uh, various fruit trees uh, mostly, and so... Uh, between uh, helping that compost okay. uh, around the trees and in the trees and then uh, weed control. So okay. I have, like, no weeds to worry about. 
Well, I would definitely uh, put the wood chips into tree wells that are the size of around the tree of the drip line and a good four to six inches deep. That's great for the trees. Uh, if you're trying to use that chip for weed control throughout, um, it, it would probably be better if you got rid of all the, and I'm thinking what you've got is decomposed granite. Uh, it'd probably be better to get rid of the decomposed granite, but it wouldn't be absolutely necessary. Just don't pile the compost chips up too close to the house. That's again, you're creating conditions conducive for a, a, a termite uh, freeway to be built right up the side of your stem wall. So I hope that helps. And uh, Romy, you have a place that you actually have bought bulk chip, bulk organic material for your yard. What What's the secret location on that? Uh, there's a couple different places. Just, um, just about any landscape yard will have it in bulk. It, it really? Yeah. Big bulk load? Okay. All right. So that clears things up. We've got uh, 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 Sweet Jennifer's prepared a, a, a segment here on appliances. Well, uh, like Romy said, it's our DIY it is. 10 o'clock topic. And um, the top, the main overarching topic this week is a life worth living in place, so aging in place. However, this is just great information for, for all families. And it started just at the kitchen and bath show. You know, the, when you go there, everything's so new and shiny and exciting. And so I yeah, went, <laughs> the appliances, yeah. the new formats for the appliances and stuff were so great. And there was one countertop I took a picture of. There was a chef, and it was an induction cooking affair. And he, So the induction cooking goes up underneath the counter. You never see it. You throw the magnets down anywhere on top of that, and then you put your pot on there. And I was so excited about it. And so I thought, you know, I don't really know enough about this. So I called Dallas over at Central Arizona Supply. It is kind of a fun, cool concept. It is. Well, she said to me, Jennifer... They've been talking about that for 15 years, but it's not in, it's not on the market. And I said, well, maybe I should come over and visit you and see what you got. So she spent an hour with me out of a very busy day. I, it's Dallas Bradford. And um, so she gave me a little tour. And so I just want to talk about a few things that make life a whole lot easier in the kitchen. Um, and I actually went to Central, how do you say it? Central Arizona Reserve. Yeah. And so it's the high-end stuff. It was really beautiful. Yes, it is. So I wanted to say up front, in the article, I put a range of prices, you know, from the luxury um, products all the way down, you know, all the way to, like, normal stuff for the rest of us. Yeah, <laughs> but, right. But it's kind of fun to see the features and know what to look for. So in the induction cooking, one thing that's really important is it's kind of a misnomer that you have to have special pans. That's not true. The only thing that you have to have is a pan with iron in it, with the exception of cast iron. Uh, the b bottoms are too bumpy, and you can't use copper or metal. But just any pan that has iron in it will work on the induction oven uh, cooktop. And the nice thing about those is you just uh, there's no heat until the pan touches the surface. And then when you take the pan away, the surface immediately cools. So it's really a nice, safe way to cook, really easy to clean up because it's flat. And another nice thing about it is, you know how on an electric cooktop it looks like those, like the black shiny ones? Right. Um, they eventually develop wear marks. The induction cooktops do not because there's not an element underneath, so they stay beautiful for a very long time. So I was pretty impressed by those. Those are very nice. And the Thermador she showed me comes in actually a diff couple different shades, so if you just don't like that black look, there's some options. I like that idea. The other thing she showed me is they actually now have a line of luxury items that are um, conventional size. You don't have to redo your whole kitchen, you know, to, to make room for these oh, so appliances. To, to go into a luxury oven uh, 
cooktop combo. I don't have to have something nine feet long. No. And so, so I thought that was kind of cool. Yes. So I, I would be interested in those. Fit in standard size spaces. Yeah. So the next thing, I so overall, I thought one thing that was really cool is so many things now come in a drawer style. So you can have like a drawer style dishwasher. Um, so it's, in other words, it's only like 21 inches deep instead of having a, the bottom of the dishwasher being all the way down almost to the floor when you open the door. Yeah. This dishwasher lives right up under the counter, but it only goes like halfway down. So if you have trouble reaching, all your stuff is right there. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, let's see what else. You can do an ice maker under the counter. You can do refrigerators, you know, like different portions of the refrigerator, like a drink bar or a snack bar. Um, so those are kind of nice ways to spread out the refrigerator around around your areas. All drawer style, mm-hmm. right underneath the countertop. So I thought those were fantastic. And then um, one thing I really, really liked was the new, to me it's new, but it's apparently, <laughs> I'm behind the times, because speed ovens have been around for over 20 years. And I had never really paid attention. But a speed oven is a combo oven. So it has a microwave a conventional oven. Some of them even have a air fryer, which are so popular right now. Yeah. And you can have them. So if you picture a double oven on the wall, it could be the top part of your oven. So you would put a speed oven on top of a traditional oven. So it's up off. I love anything that's off the countertop. <laughs> so I love the drawer style stuff. I love the wall stuff. And um, these are not as big as a full um, oven, but they're big enough. You could put a turkey in, says Dallas. You can air fry in there. You can microwave. And you know how when you, most people don't use a microwave to cook. They use it to warm, heat, reheat, right. that sort of thing, because the texture's not that great. But with these combo ovens, you can have a really nice, you can throw something in there, defrost it, uh, you know, fro- frozen, and then it'll cook it and crisp it, everything. So you come out with nice stuff. And I know they've had those speed ovens for a long time, but I can tell you as a kitchen remodeler that's been doing it for 48 years, I've never put very many of them in. Well, it's because they're but, expensive. <laughs> but they, well, they, they are expensive. But I think what this new generation of them will do is it, it's, uh, it's, it's much more acceptable now. And uh, I, I think we're going to see a lot of these go in. Well, the more that go in, of course, the production will increase and the price will go down. And Dallas says that microwaves are never going around because they're going away because everybody loves them. But if you're a person who's just like afraid of that technology or don't trust it, in the um, speed ovens you can not use that portion of it, but you would still have it. But you can get like a microwave for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Like a nice one for four hundred, and then but it would cost quite a bit more to have a speed oven. But it. I think the the um, choices it gives you are just really fantastic. And if you're people who you have a family and you eat at home a lot, I would say it was worth it. And you and I experimented by buying a little steam oven and, and trying it. And, and boy, I, I like that. We don't use it very often, but uh, I, I, I think I could get in the habit of using that. And in Jennifer, I have never had an air fryer. Romy, y'all say y'all use an air fryer all the time, huh? It, it does have a lot of applications. Does it? Uh, we just got one within the last, what, two months? Yeah, it's it's fun. And Romy and I actually bought a steam oven for the office. And um, it, it takes just a little bit more thinking to get that use that instead of the microwave. But it really is. It provides uh, it's moisture, and, and it's just a nicer way to heat your food. It lasts longer. And well, I like, I like it. it. And I like, I like the new doors on the wall ovens that open sideways as opposed to down where you've got to reach all the way across that 
door to get into it. Well, they have the French door style too, yeah. which I love. You and you can open both doors will open. You hold just one handle and pull, and both doors will come open like French door style. Uh, that that's, that's our next great. that's our next wall of it. I can promise you that. We've got callers on hold. We'll get to them right after this short break. Right here at Rosie on the house. On a wet Arizona winter. I mentioned it earlier in the show that, uh, boy, if you're looking for a fun Sunday drive, just after church, get the kids in the car and go out to the to, to wherever you think you're going to see a dry riverbed <laughs> and just go take a look at what's happening all across the state of Arizona right now. It's You'll see things you don't often see. One of the things we have at rosieonthehouse.com is an e-commerce store, which provides kind of unique tools uh, that we found that could be hard for homeowners to find. And we were doing a security survey for a homeowner uh, in the Phoenix area this past week. And something I'd like to bring to all of your attention, double French doors are are really a, a pretty easy way for a criminal to get in your home. And one of the things we have at the e-commerce store are door armor night lock door barricades. And they make a great addition to any pair of French doors that you're worried about. And I can tell you, the sliding patio door and the double French door are two of the easiest ways to get into your home. And these door armor night locks do take care of the problem for French doors. E-commerce store at rosieonthehouse.com. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. Yes. Eight, eight o'clock outdoor living hour. Uh, the conversation with Greg Peterson was just about the, you know, urban farm fun is what they had titled it. But it was just a reminder that it's, it's supposed to be fun and enjoyable in different ways you can uh, get started and all the different uh, applications. You know, you don't need a lot of space, a lot of land, and uh, or any at all with a lot of the technology that uh, and developments that have come. I, I was at a client's house just last week. She had what she called a tomato tower. And it was sitting on the back patio about three foot in diameter and went up six feet tall. I bet you she had 200 tomatoes growing on that thing. It was incredible. A lot of, you know, the cherry-sized tomato. It was incredible, taking up very little space at all. Yeah, the vertical towers, we mentioned those in the in the hour. They're very useful. And there's even, we didn't talk about it, but um, you, there are practices where people are hanging you can hang a tomato plant upside down and grow it out of the bottom of a five-gallon bucket, and that keeps it up off the ground and away from critters. So it's a, a interesting technique. I just wonder in the in the heat of the summer, you know, how hard it is to keep it. Well, I, even in the ground, Jane <laughs> always said, "Don't even you know your the amount of water." To maybe make it live and not produce anything for the summer isn't worth it. Boy, and I, I, I've always agreed with that until last week I saw Uncle Bob's tomato plants. 
<laughs> that are last year that are last year's plants. And I mean, he's got a crop of tomatoes like no tomorrow. What's this comment from the bath fan on the on the phone here? Oh, uh, one of our listeners uh, said that uh, the first question you should have asked the lady about her fan not working is, did she look to make sure that the arrow was pointing the right way? Because <laughs> they had one that did that, and somebody put it in upside down. So, so it was blowing air into the yes, bucket. So. Well, the smoke test would have told her yeah, that. Yeah, I, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to put the fan in upside down. I just wanted to mention, too, it's time to put in for the next vacation, which is up in the Globe area, which is puts you close to Lake Roosevelt, Boyce Thompson, Arboretum. How, and, mm-hmm. how many state park passes are you going to give away today? I will give away four passes some, to somebody who would like to get out and enjoy Arizona this How, month. how are we going to do that? That's text. Just uh, text PASSES to 411923. Arizona State Park PASSES get you into any state park in the state of Arizona for free. That's Two adults new, and a, and a pa- car pass. Another, car another pass. great encourager for all of you to get out and see Arizona. And I know we've got a bunch of newcomers here and we'd like to welcome you all. But one of the, and one of the things we hear from newcomers is, wow, I just can't believe how much public property y'all have that I can just park anywhere on the side of virtually anywhere on the side of the road, uh, out of traffic and off out of the shoulder and just go hike. It's, it is one of the fabulous components of living in Arizona. All this beauty that you see is yours to consume and enjoy. That's just one of the reasons. One of the fascinating things about Arizona that not many people know about, we've got forest here? Because you think it's desert. That's right. Just a couple hours away. That's it. Don't get scared. We'll be back next Saturday. And until then, if you've got anything you'd like to tackle around your house, home, castle, or cabin, Jump on the website, rosyonthehouse.com.